it is the Larry and Stacy show. We talk social. Uh, yes, it's like it's like silly. I know it's like it's silly because because it's essentially no one's really talking about social in Zimbabwe, right? Not really. Not right now, anyway. Well, I mean, we they are. will be. <laughs> they will be after this conference. <laughs> I mean, like, uh, before we go into the, 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 the what you call it, um, the, the conference right now, there's a conference that's going in case uh, someone's living under a rock somewhere. There's Digital Future 2017 conference. Uh, the, the official media partners are AMH, Capitalk, uh, as well as my people, ZFM Stereo. There's also proudly sponsored by Telesal, Taiwan, GTAL, DSTV, and a whole bunch. The TBWA. Texam, Taino. Pay now. Yes, you've got some great partners. Uh, pay now is pay now the one that people try to pay, and then forty people tried to pay, and then it didn't pay. Not really. <laughs> you can't. Have a great payment platform, actually. <laughs> Don't do the selling part. Maybe the card just didn't work. Yeah, it was mentioned. It was mentioned, but uh, just to get, just to get, give it a pe- uh, people an idea of uh, some of the things that were on the program today. Uh, we, we, one of the important ones was, was digitized. She digitized in the morning with Vincent Kaya. He mm-hmm. talked a lot about what was happening at the company. But like, for me, I kind of felt like they're still stuck in the old school of reporting. In spite of the saying that we took, took a lot of our stuff and put it online, what do you think? I think in Zim, just in general. Um, we have a long way to go. Mm. Um, in terms of content creation, you can't just put what you have in the newspaper and just put it online and expect it to work. People consume media differently online. So you need to make sure that you're speaking to those people, that you are giving them the information in a way that they are actually going to engage with. Funny thing is nobody talked about money, like what money <laughs> they're making. I made two hundred dollars. I made five hundred. I spoke about money. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, was part of the program, uh, uh, and she's she's just gained some new fans. Corporate level people were like, oh, "We didn't know that Amara's got a brain." I like. How does she to me um, you know uh, because of the kind of brand that I have there's only there's only so much that you are exposed to or that I expose the general public to and a lot of um, my business understanding my ethics are based off of um, people behind the scenes people who experience me one-on-one you know if you meet me you're gonna automatically figure it out you know just like in a minute you're going to know okay you know what I mean Um, but I'm not somebody who talks a lot very much online so it is a mystery somebody at lunch earlier was saying you're a mystery to me and I didn't know that you were like that but I also enjoyed that I kind of don't know and the surprise element and just how complex and versatile you are as just a person um, so that was all very exciting, but it was also really great to pull in the corporate side and just um, and just explain to them that hey, I don't just shake my tail feather on stage. There's a lot that you do well. I do that well, but there's a lot more to it, and I do recognize that I am a product and I am a business in there's a lot of growth that needs to happen. They're not alone in the things that they need to change. I'm not alone in the things that I need to change that I've learned and, you know, all the directions we need to grow digitally. Um, there you go. You know, <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, it was great. It was great to be. In, and then in, in terms of trends, you, you're obviously a trendsetter. Um, what trends do you follow online right now? I don't. Okay. <laughs> so you totally missed Lamek? I totally, so completely. Where were you guys? I am What? No, I don't know what's going on. Stop this. 
like from yeah. another country. No <laughs> excuse. Uh, okay, we're coming to you, sir. I know you're feeling <laughs> left out. Um, like Amara Brown, you you don't know. I okay, don't. Just, do you know Pamamonye Papo? I know that. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> it was the cutest thing. I was I was getting to the grocery store yesterday, and I saw this child outside in his uh, tracksuit, you know, school uniform. But you could tell he was singing Pamamonye Papo, <laughs> like performing to no one, mind you. But he seemed perfectly sane all at the same time. He just Love needed it. to like showcase in his moment. He felt like doing that. I said. Mm. Big up to you, bro. You felt I it. You. You and felt I thought, it. I wonder if he knows Amara Brown sitting in this car and So, Amara, yeah. uh, what I will ask though is that the, you did say one of the key things for you was you grew an audience offline. Mm-hmm. Your online audience was offline. Can you tell us mm-hmm. a bit about that? Mm-hmm. Um, the truth of the matter was that um, um, I was a very. Um, I was very much an introvert, okay, um, which affected how I interacted on social networks. So when I was on Idols, first of all, we weren't allowed to be on the internet, period. We were literally That's in Nairobi, Jesus. no, not even for an email, for a nothing. You could not be online at the risk of coming across what the general public may be saying about you. And they okay. understood how it would affect your behavior on the TV show. Remember, we're broadcasting to millions of people, and if you start breaking down and crying in the middle of it, you know, artists, they're sensitive, and, and, and that was a very intelligent thing of them to do. Because when I finally was exposed to the things people could say, oh my God, it took me, you know, two, three years in Zimbabwe before I, I fell into depressions um, that took me years to come out of, you know. Um, so... From that perspective, it's a bit long, but um, uh, I, I tend to, I did tend to stay offline um, because I wanted to focus on what I was good at and how to truly engage with people. Um, I spoke on the experience, how something online is virtual. It's not the same as seeing somebody live in a show. And a lot of the, 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 the praise that I did get in the beginning wasn't so much about um, you know how fantastic my music was. It was like, oh my God, she's a performer. It was people. Oh, she's a girl. Yeah, like, have you seen her perform though? Like, no, 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 no. Like the the songs on the radio don't do the justice. Like, go yeah. and see the show, and and that to me helped me. Um, carve out my market, just reel them in one person at a time. I would always look, I still do look at an audience and I think to myself, if I can get 10% of these people to love me, that's it. I've done my job, I've done my time, that's it. And then I let other people start to create the talk. People like Three Men on a Boat, (laughs) you know, Carl Joshua Ngube saying, hey, why isn't everyone following Amara Brown? I never forget that tweet. I had a hundred followers at the time. Um, Not even much more than that. You guys are thousands. And I was like, oh my God, when am I going to get to them? And right now my Twitter is on 18,000, bordering on 19,000. You know, it's not even, it's it's, it's something that um, I've let my work do the work, if you understand. Have you made any money offline, online though? I have made money online. Directly um, from online, whatever you did online. Yeah, um, there's, there's digital platforms where the music is sold. Um, uh, I was speaking earlier about YouTube monetization. There's about $2,000 sitting right there from October till now, just 
just sitting just there, sitting there, waiting for me to, you know. Um, uh, but I it's a lot. It's, it's, yeah, you know. And as know and as as the Zimbabwean people are at the moment, we aren't people who purchase things online That's so anyway. True. Mm-hmm. Um, so I understood that from a get go. We also knew that you know CDs don't sell anymore. We're pirating is just you know. Uh, running the show in one respect but it could also be used um, you know in a sense where well the music is getting to the people intimately it's becoming a fabric of their everyday life they can access it readily it's not expensive a dollar is not much to spend as you know it's the cost of a loaf of bread so yeah. surely they can afford the pirates dollar on the street let them do the work uh, without me having to you know fork out anymore and let let the music reel the people into the live shows, um, reel them into interest about my person, my personality, what's going on with my story. Um, so very much a two-way street and, and, and it's worked for me, you know. And have you noticed in terms of your audience in, in Zimbabwe and either in Africa or overseas, have you noticed any difference in terms of engagement and how they engage with you? Uh, like the t- type a, of mindset yes oh yeah definitely there's a huge, <laughs> huge <laughs> there's a huge difference between they're the, the same the, the they're local. all human beings a troll no. is a troll <laughs> <laughs> what i've found about um the 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 uh, diasporan market i'm going to say diasporan market because um m- Right now, where my brand is, is just now reaching to, appealing to people in Botswana who are actually Botswana. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just about getting to Zambia, uh, to z- people who are actually Zambians. Yeah. But most, uh, for the for the bulk of the time that my music has been booming, I'm specifically talking in the past 18 months, mm-hmm. it's profoundly been Zimbabwean people in other countries. Really? You know, That's Zimbabweans, not just in Zimbabwe, Zimbabweans in South Africa, Zimbabweans in the UK, Zimbabweans in America, mm. Zimbabweans in Australia, you name wherever it is. Every time I'm on Instagram live, I'm getting people from Switzerland. I'm getting people from Cyprus. I'm, get, I'm just like, oh my God. <laughs> All right, I get you. It's always, the, the it's, it's, it's often the same um, community of people just in different countries. However, now that the brand is expanding, you see the differences between um, the kind of language people speak to you in. Some some people are speaking to me in Zulu and I'm like, um, <laughs> subtitles anybody. <laughs> you know, the Niger boys have a certain way of talking. I'm like, I don't know. You mustn't say things about that. No, you have a Let me go and get my, my red beret right now. <laughs> Anyway, uh, I want to I want to go to uh, to, to Kayla Maestri, who is a business unit head and digital uh, of digital and strategic advisory services. I'm sure Ooh. you can notice that I was reading that mm-hmm. because we had to repeat it a hundred times <laughs> uh, today. On a, you did a, a presentation on reputation management, and I think key thing you said was often a lot of the ideas around reputation are important, and, and no one's really asking what I like. No, absolutely. Uh, I think the difference is nobody really asks Africans what appeals to us, and you know we are not one country. Apparently, we are. We are Africans. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, and you know there are nuances in every market. So we basically decided to build an index that would ask us, mm-hmm. people, consumers, peeps, what they thought about reputation, what was important for them, um, and it does vary country to country, person to person. Um, and, and it is an important thing to have, you know, even if you aren't Amara, you, I, me, 
we're all important in our own way. Uh, we need to protect ourselves, we need to protect the brands around us, we need to protect the brands we work for, the brands we work with. Um, so it is something that should be part of everyone's DNA, especially now with digital. I mean, you know, I used to be a journalist, and now anyone can be a journalist. But now anyone is a journalist, right? I, I'm a broadcaster in my own right. Mm -hmm. I can put out a tweet, I can put out a Snapchat video, I have a YouTube video, I don't have any money in a time. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even think I have a follower. <laughs> but you know, it is a serious issue and it is something that people and brands in particular should take more seriously. What mistakes are brands making, especially um, in, 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 in the instance response uh, setup we have in the world now? I think they tend to not respond when there's a crisis. They sort of panic and go ostrich style, stick their heads in the sand. Um, and I think um, even when there's not a crisis, you tend to get brands that are, that are just so slow in embracing the evolution of the way we communicate and what social media is allowing us to do that they just haven't jumped on the bandwagon I mean I know it's a scary concept but what social has done is it it brings your customer to you you can have honest discussions without leaving your armchair mm -hmm. um, you know you don't even have to go and have a focus group anymore you can just do it online absolutely there are all these positives but I think they tend to see only the negatives and they're a little bit scared so so it is a problem and in a crisis it's a particular problem you know, I think one of the things I said in my presentation was, you know, if, if we have to give advice and counsel to clients, we, we tell them if something has happened, at least have a response within 15 minutes. If you wait any longer, who knows? The message yeah. is gone. It's running without you. you you've you've lost the chance to own the, the actual story. The narrative. Yeah, yeah, even if you don't, you know, own the narrative, you know, in, in your own way, there's been a blunder. Somebody needs to step up. Mm. That's your opportunity to step up. What I find is a lot with corporates actually is that they're very insular. Mm -hmm. So they will never admit when something has gone wrong. So as you say, if you don't have a response within 15 minutes, mm -hmm. you've lost that. Mm -hmm. how, how do you convince corporates to be more transparent? Grave difficulty. Um, no, you, you have to, right? You, mm -hmm. And this is the wonderful thing about digital. And we've heard so much today. It's not just about platforms and content and audience, it's the analytics behind it, it's the insights that you draw from it. So I think if you have a cogent argument, and yes, it's a difficult sell to corporates, um, but you know what we say at Magna Carta is one of the values we hold is courage. We need to have the courage to say to client, it is a mistake, we are advising you to do this. It may not be something in your comfort zone, but you know, we have a relationship, we've got years of trust, trust me when I say you must do this to protect your brand. And I think it does come back down to that is, you know, you cannot have a reputation that sits somewhere in isolation. It has to be very much part of business imperative. You know, your C-suites need to be taking it as seriously. It's not some marketing person's responsibility. It's everyone's responsibility. Because mm -hmm. they're all brand ambassadors at the end of the day. You work for an organization. You are their brand ambassador. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, imagine something terrible happens. You go to a store. Are you ranting and raving at the poor teller that's serving you? She probably is the last person anyone's communicated 
with in the crisis. You know, they're all so busy jumping up and down and not really having a plan necessarily <laughs> that they've forgotten the, the chain of command, if you were. Because mm. at any touch point, you are interacting with that brand in crisis. So any point that I touch should be able to tell me whatever it is I need to know. Because at the end of the day, what has happened with the advent of technology and social media and data and all of these things is in real time, we as consumers want answers. We just want brands to listen to us, mm. to engage, existence. help us, and yes, just give us a response, you know. To yes. appear to care at least. I will tell you, uh, I mean, incidentally, we're sitting at lunch with someone from an MNO that will remain mm. unnamed. <laughs> so, <laughs> so anyway, uh, the, uh, you can see that he didn't want to say he was from this MNO and he mm. said it very quietly because, uh, you know, there's always, uh, you know, complaints about it and so forth. And, uh, and, and that's a pity. But uh, the question is, is it... Is Africa taking reputation seriously? When I say Africa, I'm being a marginalist again. Mm. But I'm saying, are there parts of Africa that are beginning to take, uh, uh, what do you call it, uh, reputation online seriously? Absolutely, we are. I mean, just listen to some of the panelists that have attended this function. Wow. I mean, the influencers, the different radio personalities, Samara. You know, there are so many people using it the right way for the right reasons. Uh, Comrade Fatso, I mean, wow, to, to embrace um, digital like that and, and use it to be an activist and change society. That's exactly what it's there for. Um, and, you know, not that we are all in a terrible state in Africa to not paint us all as one country again, <laughs> but we all each have our various challenges. Um, and, and, you know, I like to see the advent of technology and having access to these platforms as a positive thing. It means, and, and let's be honest, not all of us want to pick up a, a rifle or... or well, even a, a placard. A placard. <laughs> or a poster. Exactly. I want to watch Game of Thrones. You know, we want to find <laughs> other ways to be activists. Mm. And, and this gives you that opportunity. Does it mean a secret donation to a, an organization online? Absolutely. Does it mean signing a petition that doesn't sort of tell people where you are so they come break in kneecaps? Absolutely. What? What? Where do you come <laughs> from? Kneecap? Wow. That was an unnecessary escalation. Yeah, it was. Terrible. I would draw that suggestion. But I do think in Africa we are really waking up to digital. People really, and corporates, want to know how they can leverage digital in terms of reputation, in terms of monetizing it. What have you found is the greatest barrier, though? Because we're still quite slow in picking it up. Data must fall. Um, High five. Yeah. It <laughs> must be free. Absolutely. Yeah, must be free. You know, cost is a big deal. Mm -hmm. and, and it's not just that. It is bandwidth. The fact that I want to be able to stream something, I should be allowed to stream uh -huh. something. You know, the example I always go back to, a few years ago I was a freelancer and I had to go uh, to... A freelance PR what? Freelance journalist. There we go. And <laughs> I had to go do an interview. It was around the World Cup in South Africa and it was for a, a European-based television channel. And, you know, paperwork all came in, you know, they were all very sort of ordered. Um, I do this interview and then I realize, oh, you know, in all this order, I didn't ask how they want me to send the tape. Uh-oh. Oh, what a surprise. They weren't expecting me to send the tape. They wanted me to FTP the file. 
<laughs> Did I laugh? I laughed my head off when this guy sent me this email. I'm thinking, it will take you a month. <laughs> <laughs> well, then, get it back. <laughs> yeah. And I had to write back, you know, this is raw footage. It's unedited. He wants the whole four hours wow. that I spent mm. with this person I was interviewing. And I'm like, I'm sorry, guy, I don't know where you live, but maybe it's easy for you, but it doesn't work for me. So much to his horror to then organize for a courier company to come and fetch it. Um, and then he explained he lives in like a little rural village somewhere in Europe. It may have been in some Scandinavian country. Um, and some that's, village. Yeah, but that's where his, his studio is. So he was going to do a full edit there and then also FTP it to the radio station, uh, radio channel, the TV station. So he never had to leave. He didn't have to get a courier. He just assumed because he could do this. Yeah. I could do this. Mm. And scarily, his bill for FTPing would come as part of his municipal account. <laughs> so you just pay for the electricity and just... How did I feel that wow. in a third world country wow. after that email? Oh my God, yes. <laughs> so, so, finally, before you go, um, you know, because I, I think uh, we also like this sort of thing, trends. Mm. What, what do you see as the next trend? I think it's... the different trends, right? I think because things are becoming more open in Africa using a mobile device the fact that we have such a young population I think innovations going more innovations going to be coming from Africa um, I think that all these tech startups that we get excited about we're gonna see more of them searching for African solutions because it's gonna come from here um, I think we're gonna see more people taking their activism online. We're not going to be plastered anymore. I think we're not going to just be consumers and be quiet. Mm -hmm. um, and for me, that's that's great because I think, you know, we all need to be a little bit more responsive and mm -hmm. responsible. Um, and yeah, I think uh, for me, I think that's a great trend. I, I think there'll be lots to do one day when we all get it right in terms of education, um, infrastructure development. I mean, this is the problem, right? If only governments could see the potential of ICT, huge potential how you can to harness solve. that mm. to do service delivery. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So I'm hoping that's the biggest trend. And you're going to be helping us with that tomorrow at the Digital Feature Conference. So you're going to be offering some training Absolutely. on reputation managers, showing us how it's actually done. Yes. <laughs> well, do as I say, not as I do. I just go. I just go the Jacobs on my route. Just keep quiet. <laughs> then release a statement at midnight on a Friday night while everybody else is having a jaw. So they miss it. <laughs> By the time they come back, you're like. Yeah. <laughs> Are we going to get some valuable um, skills tomorrow? I'm sure of it. I hope so. Yeah. High five. Thank you very much. Pleasure. You thank are you. Amazing. Uh, Magna so Carter. Check out Magna Carter underscore RM on Twitter. And uh, so that's uh, Kale Maestri on Twitter. There we go. Yeah. Hashtag DF2017. Just talking about the trends this week that I'm looking at, that I've been following the Twitter trends. There's a sad story coming out of South Africa. RIP Karabo, a woman who was beaten to death by her lover, and there's been a campaign online. This is a very sad situation there. Within Zimbabwe, the biggest story this week is the president of Zimbabwe just went off to. To, to Singapore to go and get his eyes checked. That is trending on Twitter. But like, where is he getting his eyes checked out there? Like, you know, if 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 I, if, if I take a cab and I can go to the hospital and he can take an aeroplane and go to the hospital, hey, our budgets are different. <laughs> I'm not even going to judge him on that because I've been saying online that 
I, I, I don't think I can judge the president for buying products elsewhere. When I do the same thing, I drink foreign beers, I drink uh, foreign wines and so forth, mm -hmm. and pay for foreign content to come into Zimbabwe. And, mm -hmm. and even though it's something that is small, ultimately the day I should be willing to make the same kind of sacrifices so that I can demand that he re invest in here as long as I'm investing in a local beer, a local wine, a local packet of chips, whatever the case may be. What's it, what what foreign stories you follow? DF2017. That's the life right now. We've got so much innovation coming out of this conference right now that this is, this is life for me over the next couple of days. I think the biggest takeout for me, I know, sorry, I was not supposed to be answering, but the biggest takeout for me is just, again, the resilience. So true. Uh, of, of people, human beings. Zimbabweans. I, I, I think human beings are as resilient. It's it's just, and I think when you have the pressure on you, yeah. then it forces you to react. And I think it's human nature. I think that we just happen to have a whole bunch of factors coming together. It's the education, it's the pride, it's the so forth, and that results in more robust type of human being. And I think it's a human element that we take for granted a lot. And often we talk about people in the urban areas as almost like representing what everybody does, when in reality, there's a huge rural humble component across the whole world that shows resilience all the time. Mm -hmm. And more often when there's conflict, they become the victims of conflict because they just, they, oh, there's, there's they a line that, yeah, yeah, there's a line that says statistics mm -hmm. are, are what you call it, uh, human beings with their tears wiped out. Mm -hmm. So hey, 250 people died because you don't see their tears, you don't see what, mm -hmm. how many uh, families were, were affected, they're just a number. But resilient we are. We are very resilient. Time to go listen to Kendrick Lamar. <laughs> Larry and Stacey will be back with day two. I uh, hope you uh, hope you take care of yourself. But if uh, if you, if you have, uh, also check out the Texan web page, web Facebook page. There are videos from uh, today's sessions. Uh, so shout out to you. Bye bye. Bye. Are we out here? <laughs> That's enough. The boss of you. Ouch.